Welcome to Hot Breath Comedy Fam. On Monday, May 13th, I am teaching a clean comedy workshop. The last four I have taught sold out very quickly, so if you wanna learn about clean comedy, the business side, where the line is, how to write clean comedy, go to the link in the description of this episode, and we'll see you there. Ahoy there, Hot Breathiverse. Welcome back to the Hot Breath Podcast, your weekly guide to comedy mastery. This is, of course, your host, comedian Joel Byers. And you know what time it is. Hot That is right, hot brethren and sistren. Welcome back to the comedy special series. The past two weeks, we are breaking down the entire process for the good, the bad, and the ugly of self-producing your own comedy special. I just recently did it. I've connected with a lot of other comics who have done it. Last week's episode, I was talking with the director. We were doing a candid talk just about all the things that worked, all the things that didn't work, all the unexpected problems. Hopefully, so when you do this, you don't have as many roadblocks or as many hurdles. Really, our whole goal with independently producing a comedy special is to create a blueprint for other comics to follow or really just to incentivize and inspire other comics to start investing in yourself and creating your own success. That is the whole goal of my comedy special. So if you haven't seen it yet, go into the show notes, check it out. It's definitely worth your time or go to joelbyerscomedy.com. But you're definitely going to love it. I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten so far on it. A lot of people have really been enjoying it and telling me their favorite jokes. And some people even just enjoyed seeing the cameo my wife and dog made. Or hearing the joke. I ended on a joke my wife told me not to do. That seems to be a lot of people's favorites. But I'd love to hear what your favorite is. And these two episodes are really becoming some of my favorites in the podcast, to be honest. This week's episode, this is our first time doing a two-parter. So... Last week was the director and I discussing our experience, and then this week, it's answering your questions. I posted on a lot of different Facebook groups, got a lot of great questions, so if you have any questions after listening to this, reach out to me directly on all social media, you know that's at Joel Byers Comedy, or reach out to uh, the director as well, Isaac Stackhouse, if you have any questions. If you want to reach out to other listeners, our Facebook group is blowing up right now. Go on Facebook, go to Hot Breath Comedy Network. That's a fast and easy and engaging way to start connecting with other listeners from around the world. So check it out. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I will see you in the outro. Because they need need to reach out to you to ask questions, too. Um, Let's see. Uh, Alan Michael Harbour, how do you decide on what to name it? Well, mine personally was um, just that just kind of became the theme of like, I was like, what is the theme of my comedy special or what is the story of my comedy special? So the trophy husband was a joke I had, me being a trophy husband, and it just kind of organically stuck and it was catchy. It was easy for people to remember. It's like people heard the title and it immediately sparked emotion and interest. So I wanted the special, even if no one knew who I was, they would hear the trophy husband and be intrigued. So that's why I went with that name. 
and it I really it's identifiable too. Yeah, it is. It's only yeah you. you I can mean, that's easily a joke that every married man has made with his wife at some point of like, hey, I'll just be a trophy husband if that's cool with you. And now I'm making it a brand. <laughs> Hashtag trophy. Husband. Hashtag trophy husband. So there's merch. It's right a good there. question though. Good question though. Um, yeah, I mean, put thought into all of it. You know, I mean, this is. We, we really approached this almost as like a movie in a sense of mm-hmm. like, we weren't just like, oh, let's just slap some jokes on the screen. It's like, no, how can we make this look great, but then also be funny, but then also be unique and do something no one else has done. So put all that amount of thought into it and it'll work out. Quinn Fitzgerald, how do you effectively promote it once you release the special? Well, that's what we're doing right now. That's part of the promotion. It'll be interesting to see in about six months how um, all of this groundwork is um, paying off. But, I mean, this is in sense, this is in a way promoting it. I've been a guest on a bunch of different podcasts. I uh, The vlog, the vlogumentary. That's been a promotional tool. That's promoting it. Yeah, so you can go on my YouTube and watch how we create the special, but then also... It, that all that leads to you like going to buy the special to watch it. Right. So getting into different publications and blogs and things like that is has been valuable. And also um, word of mouth is, especially when you're on like a budget and you don't just have a bunch of money to throw at a PR agency or something like that, word of mouth is going to be your best friend. So I've really been, uh, depending on you, the hot breath of verse to really share it on social media, to really tell other comics and your friends and family about it. And that's been very helpful. And just people who are fans of me or the podcast in turn sharing it. Word of mouth has probably been our most effective marketing strategy, but in all honesty, as we're recording this, it is um, very early in the game. So the strategy is going to evolve and I think we're going to do a follow up episode to kind of reflect on what we've learned, what worked, and um, what we're doing now and what we hope to work. Once Um, it's all out in the world. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, Yeah. because the whole point of this is to really just, at the end of the day, it's to give comics a blueprint to also do it themselves. Kind of like Andrew Schultz is doing with his content and how his whole strategy has become like a viral sensation. And if you go on social media right now, you're going to see a comic doing crowd work mm-hmm. with subtitles mm-hmm. and a crazy title. And you know who started that? Schultz. Andrew Schultz. And people are doing it because it works. But now that I'm seeing that, I'm like, okay, what's next? You know, I'm seeing it I recycled. Schultz was really the first one, too, to do it in a way that, like, there was a bunch of guys out there that were doing, like, they'll set, like, a GoPro up in the corner or something. But, like, he was the first one to bring somebody on that was either a comedian or, like, myself, like, a huge comedy fan mm. that's capturing what they actually want to see. Uh-huh. And so, like, that's a lot of, like, like with my documentary filmmaking is been based in fight, in the fight world a lot, of I know what to film. I'm a fighter. So, like, I know what moment to not break away and what moment is important. And so it's the same thing, like, with a comedy fan. Like, I think where it was fun for me on a perch of being such a comedy fan... I got like a front row seat to that development that you don't get to see. And so that's where uh, like I got like and so like I got that and so that's what the viewer's going to get cuz that's what you got out of the edit. That's what you got from me was the view of a, a, a highly 
you know, attentive fan. He was the first to bridge that gap, I right. guess. He was right. the first right. to get It's a comedian fame. behind the camera. Like, nah. uh, um, uh-huh. What's his name? I'm blanking on the guy's name that, that does his media. A- Alex. Alex Media? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he's a comedian as well, right? He's, he's like, his opener. Or was his opener at one mm-hmm. point or something like that. I don't know the story behind it. I th- I, either way, he's a comedian as well. Oh, okay. So, like, that's your, in my opinion, from what I've watched from what he's done, and the same thing that like, what we've done is you're seeing it from the aspect of somebody who, like, they know what to look at. And they're um, like, that's what people want to see. Uh, and that's kind of, yeah. I guess, the route we took. You as a comedy fan and me as a comedian and right. creating what we want to see. Right. Kind of the same idea. Right. So it's right. got to work, right? right? <laughs> I mean, it's gotta work. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it for now, Quinn. But we'll definitely follow up. And um, also, because I did a lot of research leading up to the special and really like how to market it and things like that. And yeah. there is, um, I've connected with a lot of comics who have released albums and things like that. And a big thing they wish they invested in was like marketing or a PR agency and things like that. So I do see room down the road to reinvest into more robust marketing. Funny enough, I got a company. Funny enough, Isaac Stackhouse, tell them what the name of your company is. Well, there's Turnkey Connections Group, Uh huh. which is <laughs> my... You went into your marketing voice, Turnkey Connections Group. Yeah, um. that's, 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 my, uh, that's, that's my operating as like a advertising agency, and then mm-hmm. there's Blind Lincoln Productions, which is underneath that. Oh, they did like the special. Which is what I did the special with, and that's mm-hmm. kind of just how I keep it separated and operating. But yeah, like the, the as far as the evolving part of the blueprint of how to promote things... There, I mean, there's things like what you can get for Google Ads, what you can get mm-hmm. for that kind of stuff. We can run pre-rolls, all kinds of stuff like that. Pre-rolls on YouTube, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, I think that you can get a good reaction out of some of those things because if you do it well, it will be appreciated because it's getting forced in front of you regardless of whether or not you like ads you know, that they're there. Uh-huh. So, like, if you do them well, that'll be appreciated and, you know, it... it, it Especially done well, it'll stand out because there are some terrible. I mean, you know, I'm here in my garage, right? But you know, some of those worked though. But they worked. That's they what were I, the first. That was my reference. Was that like they did that, but they did that in flood. So now there's a bunch of people that have copied that. Mm-hmm. It's not very well quality done, and the information is all you know what have you. Whereas if you have something that is concise and good and tight and run the way that we have it. And then you couple it with like you know some Google ads or um, even uh, things like Facebook and and the Instagram ads. Mm-hmm. You can you can get some some reach that some conversions you weren't able to get you know ten years ago. So for the bang for your buck. Yeah. So go buy the special so I can pay Isaac to market the special exactly. so we can all learn together how to market a comedy special. This actually leads into the bet the next question perfectly. Awesome. From a uh, Thomas. Metaleski, wait, sorry, this is on my phone. Uh, Thomas Matelski, Thomas Matelski, my bad, buddy. I know you're a big fan. I hate it. I mispronounced your name there, but um, he goes, How did you compile your budget and how would you budget for one now? I.e., what did you learn about what slash how to budget? Also, how would you project manage it differently now that you did it? Um, good night. That is a Dense question. That's some some to unpack. That 
I, I mean, the budget, we really started off with what was the quality. I gave you that. That's kind of where we started with the budget was like, how high do we want to shoot? Right. And then, you know, it broke down to like how many cameras. Right. Yep. That was really what dictated our budget was how many cameras. Mm-hmm. And you wanted a three camera plus a fourth crowd shot. So it basically boiled down to what does three cam the the way that I did it for you was, you know, what does three cameras cost for me to get for that twenty four hours? Mm-hmm. And then it boiled down to time. Which to answer his question that you at, that he was asking about the project management on my end yeah. of things is I would have allocated been a little bit more realistic in the amount of time that it would take mm-hmm. on like I was talking earlier on the footage on like rendering and on editing. Like every time I edited until I figured out it still took a long time, but I learned a trick on um Premiere how to do um uh what did I call it? You can do media encoder and they basically make previews that are lower quality than uh the 4k so you're editing like 720 as opposed to 4k but then when you export you can put it through the media encoder again and it'll reverse it out of 720 and put it in 4k so the computer can keep up with it mm-hmm. um, process yeah and can't process 4k but it can process 720 and well it, while you're editing yeah and so like that cut down significantly on time but initially when it started when you'd render out a 4k I mean, it'd take four and a half hours oh, yeah. to render the whole special. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd allocate more time. I agree with that on my end, too. Yeah, I think everything just took more time. The edit time took way more than I expected. Did you expect on the production side? I mean, all of that kind of That went, went like pretty you? smoothly. Like I said, there were the little hiccups that I learned to have backups to not be reliant like do or die on the cameras mm-hmm. was was one thing that like I need to figure out ways to maybe have an extra camera or be a fail safe or that's kind of why I'm going the direction I'm going on filming with camcorder or professional camcorders mm-hmm. versus the mirrorless DSLRs is because less problems less tendency for things to go wrong like those are what I learned from that project but and we were there the day of the recording we were there like Seven hours, six or seven hours yeah, early, like yeah. getting set up, soup, yeah. shooting, like set up everything. I rehearsed. The I was whole, glad we did that. I was so like, glad we like, did there that. was a lot of things. Oh my gosh, yeah. And we got lucky too. Like, don't be afraid. I mean, like we we left all the accidents in mm-hmm. in the beginning. Like we talked about of like the where where things went awry because there was some pretty organic, funny stuff that like yeah, happened. Exactly. Um, and it. Uh, I'm glad that all happened because like the with the light. Oh, I'm so glad. That light would have been that light that spotlight would have been detrimental to it. It would have ruined the whole shot. Right. Like we would have had to have redone it because that was such a harsh different light than Mm -hmm. everything else we were dealing with. The camera just freaked out and so like Yeah, and y'all will see it in the special, like what we're talking about. But we leave it all in just because it's it was, real and it, it happened. It was legit funny too. Yeah, it was like, legit Tyler, funny. Tyler handled that perfectly. Yeah, he really yeah, he that's why I had him like I fall host it. through the, the like as I'm it backing up they closed the, the I wasn't expecting yeah. all that. It, it's a great opening. Yeah, I, was, it, I, I couldn't have been more happy. 
with how it went. Like, I think every, like, quote, mistake was actually a blessing. Like, I'm so or, glad it or, all happened. Uh, was the Orson Welles of the beauty of cinema is the mistakes? Oh, I haven't, I haven't heard that, I'm but I'm sure. That's that a, sounds legit. I might have made that one up. We're but, just quoting yeah. all sorts yeah. of dead bow, people. Bow, bow. Did just you know <laughs> that 97% of statistics are made up on the spot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, just... So, so that is... um. I guess from my budget end, it was thinking about what am I comfortable spending that my wife won't divorce me for. Um, It really was just, what do you have to spend? Because you can, I mean, you know. Budgeting with the trophy trophy husband. Yeah. (laughs) Just budget to where she won't divorce you. But people, I mean, people spend, um, you know, six figures on a comedy special. I want to say, just for point of reference, I think Schultz said for his that he did around New York. Like yes. the one that no one would pick up, yes, so he just that released it. He just it. released himself. Yes, I think. Um, I think he said he spent like thirty grand on that. Yeah, I think, and I think twenty of it was to the person that produced it, and then like ten of it was to the attempt to get distribution. Yeah. And then that's where he drew the line where he was like, "I've dropped thirty. I need right. to just get it yeah. out there." To and the he people. got the he got the homie price. I think it was like his friends yeah, that had a his, production. Like, he got the here, homie this price. Is the on homie it. price. So yeah. And I think his dad. Maybe help. I thought he said his dad helped produ- produce a, it. A maybe. good like a good some or a good like rule of of where I've noticed is that like I may misquote this number, but most of your film uh, like industry is the I think that the minimum for like the union or whatever minimum is like seven fifty for a day. Okay. For a camera guy. Oh, okay. So like usually like that's your base of like to get a guy with one camera that doesn't include editing, that doesn't include all that. Like it's like seven hundred and fifty bucks to get that dude for a day if he was a union camera guy. Gotcha. So like that's kind of the ballpark where people land to kind of give people somewhere to start Mm -hmm. but then like you have to add in camera cost you have to add in time yep you have to add in all those different things that that then come up and that's how i come up with my prices and that that'll vary from you know person to person and like you said there's the homie prices there's that type thing so and it's important yeah i mean name figure out your price but then also make sure you're working with someone that like you trust and you don't mind spending all those hours yeah, going back yeah, and forth yeah. with and you're like, gonna spend more time than what you project. I agree. Yeah. Especially if you're proud of what you're doing. Like if you want to give mm-hmm. them a good product, like I'm gonna I'm not gonna like be like, Well, that was fifteen hours. Here exactly. You go. Like, and you you believed in the project and we had a shared vision. So I right. think it's important with whoever you do this with, make sure like you both share enthusiasm for it. Yeah. And you are going to be willing to put in the extra work. Well, and I like I feel like there's a big thing in the industry of you know in the film world of guys like do things for free do all this like i believe in that to a certain extent but then at the same aspect too like if you really really want to find the time to spend on it and get it like if you've honed your skills to where you feel confident like i feel confident that i can give you your story in the way that Mm -hmm. i see it through my eyes yeah so like don't be afraid either for the guys that are not necessarily comedians that are watching this that are the guys that like would like to be in my sh- in my shoes like yeah. don't be afraid to be like no this is what i do mm-hmm. this is what and make a a, a prof- be professional about it and be like you know these are the things and that's what like working with you has been nice of you knew exactly what you wanted and so it made it easy to budget for it, it made right. it easy to like you yeah. know this is the project this is the voice this is what i want it to be and then all i have to do is just mash record and catch you Mm-hmm. 
And that's what I think that most people in any aspect, not just comedy, but anything that they're trying to create co- content around, is just do it. And that's why it, I loved getting the comments of how good the special looks, just mm. from like a visual sense, because it is like, with projects like this, I mean, you do get what you pay for. So, I mean, if yes. you try to cut yes. corners somewhere, yes. they're going to show up somewhere. Don't ever cut corners on audio. Right. At least 1080. Okay. And um, don't be afraid of stabilization, but don't depend on stabilization. It's kind of... What is that? Uh, like that gimbal, the DJI. Oh, like, okay. like, don't depend on it. Like... I think a lot of times things tend to look fake and machiney, and I think that's why I like some of the comedy specials that are really polished. I don't necessarily like because you got the big swinging arm, and you're like, you know, that people are sitting there with a giant camera just swooshing by their head, right, to get this dramatic shot of, uh, you know, Dan Cook like boom, big into the camera. But there was this huge production about it. I get it. That's an art form all of its own. Mm-hmm. But that's not like what I get. Like that's not what tickles my fancy. Mm-hmm. So nice. I think that, yeah. I think that's a good budget breakdown there. Yeah. Great question though, Thomas. That's so you, yeah. Good. To go back to the budget, you could spend two hundred thousand dollars and get that big swooping shot. Yeah. Or you could get the more organic, more feeler. It's just what you're going for is what you want to mm-hmm. spend. But you said base. Was like seven fifty a day just for the camera guy. Just for the camera guy. No equipment. No, no editing. Equipment, no editing. Just a base. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, and then like you have different rates for different editors, and then like that gets figured out, you know, depending on where you are. You know, we're here in Atlanta, so the editor goes different than if you're in LA or than if you're, you know. And I'm still learning about that type of stuff. Too. Yeah. Like, so, so um, people, just if you want a specific number, reach out to Isaac and be like, "Yo, this is what I'm trying to do. How much yeah, would that cost me?" Yeah, if you have a me? project, I'm. I'm all over the place the daily stack dude he's i mean he lives in alabama and he would travel to do like these projects so like this i mean but he's yeah i basically live on the road right now so part of yeah i mean part of our goal is this is like to be like yo let me get the let me get the stack house special exactly so i mean yeah reach out to him you give me let me get the joel byers treatment joel byers so these next come from the group a great question so far the next one's come from the uh comedians of montreal group we got some fun listeners in canada man we've got some really engaged I love listeners canada, man. out there if anybody yeah. ever wants to hang out in canada or if anybody's got some projects up there i'm down to canada's to great i'm really to trying to North figure Florida. out a way to get up there too it's a like, fun spot to make it make sense isn't there like a big comedy uh Dude, this festival just for laughs is like the yeah festival. it's the festival yeah it's the, and, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's uh it's the it's incredible yeah if anybody wants to send the trophy husband to the just for laughs yeah we'll, holla. We'll document it i went yeah. with miss pat a few years ago see that would be now. some dope footage to just be a fly on the wall for i would love to just hang out with you and miss pat in canada oh it was yeah it was uh unforgettable it was a definitely one of those benchmarks of your career where you're like oh this is happening this is what's possible if yeah. you're, you're just like i was just i just remember being in like and this isn't even like name dropping. Like literally at Just for Laughs, this is like the Super Bowl. Right. Like you, right. this is the epicenter of comedy when you go to Just for Laughs. So it's like you're just in the green room and you're like, oh, there's Judd Apatow and John Mulaney talking. And then, oh, there goes Pete Davidson right there. Oh, cool. Look, Jay, like it's, you're literally just yeah. in comedy yeah. when you're up yeah. there. So that wasn't even like name drop. I'm not saying we got a selfie. I'm just saying it's like, just being around that level of comedians really kind of expands your mind to what's possible. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that till I'd uh, gone to the comedy store 
in LA. Last yeah, time I was out there. It's, I was it's like, the exact oh, wow. same like, thing. You feel it, and you're like, oh. You'll be in the hallway, different. and there's Joe Rogan, and Tom yeah. Segura, yeah. and Whitney Cummins. Yeah, they're just hanging out, or yeah, yeah. just sitting yeah. there. Yeah, it's it's necessary though for comics to get around just that level of comedy, just so you are like, oh, this is where I want to be, or like, this is what will be because if you're in the i feel like there's something to be said for just being in the room with those people yeah like being associated however that is so the comedy store is great just to go visit all right so comedians of montreal darliff kaz oh boy sorry if i get this wrong that sounds like a doozy darliff kazanueve hold on can you oh, oh you gotta put your glasses put on glasses on let's see let's see let's see what do we got here where are we at? Uh, Darliff. Kazan. That's close enough. I'm, I'm sorry, Darliff. You know what, man? I really appreciate you posting a question. I'm sorry. I'm not getting your name right. I'll just say Darliff Kazan Nueve. That's close. That sounds about right. So um, his question was, what? what's the best way to get people to come? So to I'm the assu- special? Assuming he's talking about the special. Yeah. Yeah, word of mouth. Word of mouth. I mean, this was for me. I mean, I filmed it in my hometown. I hadn't heckled people to come to a show in a while. Yeah. Like, I really just pulled out all the stops to get people on this. I was reaching out to friends, family, friends of family. I think you did a good job of embodying the whole, like, uh, to get you a little bit of uh, shareability here, the Gary V, like, jab, jab, uh Oh, right. Right hook. Okay, yeah. left hook. I don't remember which boxing terminology no, he uses. I haven't watched him in a while. But yeah, uh, anyways, like he has that whole like, I think that your content has been a lot of like your give, 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 give. Hey, you know, 50 of you guys come by and, and hang out. Like I yeah. think that was a really good approach that you took. Yeah, and it, it did spread through like me asking people and then just word of mouth. I remember yeah. Steven... I mean, Stephen, um, who was also born here, he told some family and friends about it, and they right, came out. Right. I think he brought, like, six people. So it's like, and it did sell out. And it wasn't a room full of just, like, it wasn't your aunts, uncles, and cousins. Like it was, No, these it was were, people. like, friends. These yeah, were former like, students. Yeah. These are people who had been coming to my show since the Java Monkey days. Yeah, like, this, Wow. most of it wasn't, um, like, anybody directly, like, a friend or a family member. It really was just, like, people who had known me in my comedy for, like, 10 years who had come to different things. And I think you connect with your fans more than most people in, in a way that's, like, pretty unique. Like, a lot of people that were coming mm. in were specifically, like, they were, it seemed like they were coming to see their friend. And that I can attribute that to podcasting, you know? Like, mm, I have... Yeah. I have people that I see like share stuff and do things on my podcast that are the same way. Like, I think that it creates this neat little, like they almost feel like that they're your homie because i mean they've sat here yeah. I mean, we've gone for an hour and 20 and like they've sat here and had this conversation or been a part of this conversation the whole time yeah and so like they can come in and they can be like ah, oh, yeah you know so like they get some of the jokes too so i think that's important for like darliff if he's trying to get people out is yeah make sure you're engaging with your Create audience the community that's here because like yeah. you do a lot of like you break you break the fourth wall all the time yeah like you're always, you know, really reaching out now, which I need to get better about on my 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 social. Like I'm terrible about because I feel weird. I it still feels weird. It, yeah, it doesn't just, matter the how the more you do it, the more comfortable you get. Right, but and you're just like, weird. man, yeah, it still feels weird. Yeah, yeah for every sure. time, like if you're sitting there and you're like yeah. in Kroger and you're like, so I'm here, and exactly. like there's some little kid looking up at you, like, what? What are you doing? Right, exactly. <laughs> but uh, it does make a difference when you directly connect and address, yeah. and people comment, comment back. 
people share something, be sure to thank them. Like those little details. Really being active. Yeah. You'll get that one person that'll be like, hey, me and two of my friends are going to come watch. Well, there's three people. So now, yeah, yeah, if you put all that work in, they're going to be willing to put in the work to come out to a Saturday night show to support you. And they're going to feel grateful and like happy to do it. Well, and I think more people too will will be that way in in the manner that they have, you know, so using social media the way that it's really meant to be used in that way. Like you can use it in a negative way, which is where we see a lot, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of people that are using it, you know, to be mean or to like say things or to like say crazy stuff. Whereas like like I said, you're reaching out and you're connecting and in a way like this podcast and this whole special and the whole community you've created around this is a positive thing where people Mm. can talk back and forth and people can like really use it to connect because that's the amazing thing that the internet allows us to do. Yeah. And like, so to answer his question is like bring people in through the community aspect. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's gold. For the culture, dog. For the culture, Hashtag y'all. for the culture. Hashtag for the culture. Pull up on a kid. Buy the special. <laughs> so I... <laughs> Where at? Where at, can we uh, find it? JoelBuyersComedy.com. There you go. And it's funny you ask that because the next one from the Comedians of Montreal group, Matt Ahern, or Matt Ahern, congrats, dude. Are you putting it on YouTube like Mike Cannon or Andrew Schultz? Uh, I'm actually... We put the vlogumentary on YouTube that's we put the trailer on YouTube and also all the episodes leading up to the special tracking the right. process of creating it but the actual special lives on my website joelbyerscomedy.com and you and I actually I'm selling it through a website called Gumroad which is a great platform I learned about from an interview I did with Mark Caesar who has sold like thousands of copies of his comedy special through this website. They take a very small percentage and they're it's like an artist website by artists for artists. So that it's a very good platform that can host the video that you can then embed on your website and it makes it just easy. Yeah. yeah. Makes yeah. makes the whole process a lot easier and accessible for comics like us that are not we don't understand maybe all the e-commerce side or how to get a checkout. So do they handle all the like distribution aspect of that? You know, for like, so that's what they're doing. They they distribute the is it, is it the RSS feed? Well, they host they hold they, they hold host the, the special the file. Yeah, okay. they're not distributing it anywhere. Okay, but okay, then okay, on okay, Gumroad, okay. you can uh, they people can stream it or they can download it as well. Uh, okay, so mm-hmm. they handle the purchase and exactly that. Yeah, cool. and they take a small percentage. I think they get like a dollar for every sale. No, it's like eight percent, eight point five percent. So a little less than a dollar. For for me, because mine's ten dollars. So, okay. uh, but that's what I'm doing with mine. Um, so yeah, go check it out. It's worth it. It's worth the purchase. Uh, the next website, uh, the next group. All right, just a few more here. Uh, comedians helping comedians. This is a good Facebook group. Uh, it's and it's just comedians posting stuff about um, helping comedians. Really, it's just sharing a bunch of different tips and advice. So the first, Richard Dweck, will there be an album? Eventually. But my goal with this was, ended up actually being, the ideas have evolved over time, but I was going to release an album and a special at the same time, but I decided just to release a special first, just so people don't have a choice. 
It's like, I feel like if you give people too many options, they end up not choosing any of them. One or the other. Yeah, yeah they're okay. like, well, I don't know, so I just won't. It's like, I just give people one option, make it easy to get to, and they'll can just buy it. And so, then the album will be like an after. Yeah, the yeah. album, it, the album, the idea with the album is almost, and this is the idea I got from Mark Caesar also, is it's almost, the album is almost like the next promo run. Mm. So it's kind of like, hey, take the special with you in your car and things like that. So it's kind of like, Releasing you make one on like actual vinyl. I, I haven't gotten that far into how to release that. I'm trying to just make this comedy special, making a holler out for them for the hipsters for the vinyl. Yeah. People are doing it. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you, we'll you get see. the hipsters, the twelve dollar coffee guys. So, all you twelve dollar coffees, buy the ten dollar exactly. comedy special. Exactly. Gosh, see? this is ten years of my life for ten dollars. Ten years of my life for ten dollars. So it'll be an album eventually, but right now it is just, um, it's the comedy special. But if you go on my Patreon, I did post the audio on there. So holla out for the Hot Breath Pod I Patreon. Also, I was just thinking about the whole Mitch Hedberg thing where like, you know, on the album we could have like directions of like things that you do that need visual aspects so the people that buy the album get really angry. Oh, right. And go back and buy your special. Cause, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. We'll work on the marketing side. Shout out to Mitch Hedberg there. <laughs> You know, the next Shay Meineke. What are your expectations with self-producing? Well, mine personally are, I mean, the overall expectation is just other comics to feel inspired to start creating their own projects. I just met a comic in Columbia, South Carolina when I was working there who had heard about it from other comics. He's like, yeah, I heard you're doing your own special. He's like, that's really cool and inspiring, man. And that's exactly why I'm doing it. Hoping other comics will realize, oh, I don't have to wait on anyone. I can do this like myself. Right. So that's really my expectation with it. I don't know what, if you had expectations or. It's along the same lines. Like I said, I've been pushing for a while of like people being their own content producers or like owning their own content Mm -hmm. and being able to help people do that has kind of been my vision. And that's kind of what we did. So that's, I'm in the same boat of like, you don't have to wait. Cause I asked multiple people that were in the film industry of like, look, you know, one of the things that I want to do is direct. And one of the, you know, these are the type of things that I'm into. And everybody kind of like saw what I was already doing and they were like, yeah, there's some like holes in your game and like things you could learn. But they were like, look, you could go spend 12 years making other people's stuff or you could just make your own stuff and the things that you and your friends want to make and just like lean into it. Mm -hmm. Especially with technology today. Why not just do that? Yes. You know, like why? You know, that would be like asking George Lucas to go, you know. I'm not comparing myself to <laughs> at all. Like, as I said that, I was like, oh, that sounds really pretentious. But, like, you know, like asking them to go do something that would be subpar compared. And so, like, you're like, you know, it would be weird for him to work on something that wasn't his. Even, you know, and this is ways that without the barrier to entry that everyone thinks is there. Yes. Yeah, that perceived barrier. Exactly. Oh, I don't have 20 grand. I don't have a red camera or I don't have, you know, six red cameras and a like camera like crane and all this. It's like, bro, like for real, for real, you could shoot one entirely on an iPhone. Yeah, people have. Yeah, people have. It's it's been done. Mm -hmm. Like it's so like things like that. If that can be done, well, then it's just the quality of the content. So like for you. You were a good comic. You were a talent, and that's really why I aligned myself with the project. Was like you're talented. Like you genuinely made me laugh. You genuinely made the people in the room laugh. So like, 
I wanted to accentuate and show that. Mm, and there's no I longer that, that barrier to good content getting made. Because, like, you know, it could get cut out because it doesn't align with some producers, whatever. Like, that's how this type of stuff gets made is because some producer thinks it's good. Mm-hmm. Well, if you think your stuff is good and, like you said, you get the reciprocation... Reciprocation. Reshipa- but, like, you get that from your audience... Well, why not go in and, and just cash in on that on yourself and not rely on some NBC producer being like, you're funny. Yep, that's so we. I think that's why the project works so well, too, is because we shared that same expectation. Right. Kind of had that same, like, philosophy behind it. Right. Yeah, good question, though. That's that's a, these are, like, astute, like, thoughtful questions, you uh, know? The, the whole community, that's why I was saying, like, I hope I'm, I yeah. need to make sure that For I'm a member. Culture. Hashtag yeah. for the culture. This is from the uh, Comedians Helping Comedians Facebook group. That's a good one. That's yeah, this one. is a good one. Um, Ngozi, he's actually a comic, um, an Atlanta comic. Or he's from Athens. He performs in Atlanta a lot. One of the two, Long, he's creating a lot of content. And he's doing sketches and he documents his own comedy. And um, he's he's out there hustling. I like, I like Ngozi. He asked... Uh, what type of cameras were used, and when did you feel ready to produce a special? A7-3s, Sony A7-3s, mm-hmm. mirrorless, uh, like I said, with a Sony lens that was like, I, as I thought about it, I think it was actually 30 to 70. Okay. But either way, it was it was a variant lens that like you could zoom in and out. And we rented the, all and that we, stuff. Yeah, we rented those, mm-hmm. and then we had the camera that was on the audience that we talked about earlier that's that's the dji osmo pocket so those were the three cameras that were used to shoot the or four cameras that were used to shoot the special and i felt ready to produce a special when after i had been doing it for i mean really uh, almost 10 years and i was like oh, i feel confident enough in my ability as a comedian to want to document this forever did you feel that confidence going into it the night of yes I felt prepared. I was still nervous. Okay, prepared. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, being prepared helped with the confidence. But, I mean, there was, of course, you know, I'm in the green room going over the material. We got there super early. I'm standing there while y'all are setting up the camera. I'm just running through the set as if it's showtime, just preparing, you know, remembering the material and things like that. So preparation definitely gave me the confidence and just doing this almost 10 years i was like okay but that I'm also ready. gave the the dry run uh we were talking about that afterwards the dry run was nice because it gave the camera operators like cues to know where you were kind of yeah like, what your body language might point. be kind of be the like gave you a quick dry run through of the jokes of like he may be facing this way when he says it or like this and that so like i i liked I liked going, and like you said, the preparation, I think, helped a lot. For sure. Especially when you went through and you wrote it. Like you wrote, we were talking about earlier, when you wrote the joke for the, or the whole story mm-hmm. for the first time, and you were like, ah, oh, and then like you could hear it made more sense. Yeah. And like wrote, like literally wrote it out word for word. Yeah. And then figured out how to like add punch lines into different Had parts. you ever done that before? Had you ever like word for word written out a joke? Yeah, I used to do it all the time. Okay. I had never done that with a story Whereas, like, let me just write out a story how it happened and then try to build jokes into it. But I used to, my set list used to be, like, word for word. Like So, like, you even had, did you have the pauses, like, written in and everything? I would, I, where in a pause was would be, like, an ellipses. But I would, uh, okay. like, the timing, yeah, all that would be written Like the Seinfeld it. almost, like, where he knew exactly where the rhythms were going to mm-hmm. fall and, yeah. 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 
except Seinfeld knew what he was doing. I was just a comic like, well, I hope this ellipsis well, means they're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just awkwardly standing there in silence. Yeah. But that's really, yeah. And what's great about, like, I mean, with the internet and access to technology is like, I mean, I interviewed Sam Severin on here. On a, and she recorded an album that was 20 minutes. It's it's not like these things have to be, you know, like an hour. It doesn't have to be this epic production. You could you could technically do like a 20-minute comedy special, I would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and then it, it's just good quality content for you to distribute. I think it's just if you have something to say. I mean, the, it's the yeah, artist. Yeah, I agree it's, with that. I mean, it's the artistry of it, of like if you have... I had a friend that like was one of the most talented guitar players I'd ever met, and like I always asked him, I was like, you know, you you you're incredibly and in, in talented and everything. Like, when are you gonna write something? I used to always say like, I'm waiting till I have something to say, and I used to always like not really get that. And then like from an artistry standpoint, I can get it. Like, if you have mm-hmm. something to say and you can accomplish that in ten minutes, then polish it up, make it, and put it out there to the world. It goes back to the whole thing of like, there's no barrier to entry. Right. Like, if you have something to say, like you can set up your iPhone and you can reach millions of people if you want. And you just want to make sure it's something you don't mind being online forever. That's true. You know what I mean? So it's That's like, true. how long have you been doing comedy? And is it material you're proud enough that in five years you're still going to be proud of it? Or is it a starting point? Yeah. Because that's also something that you can look back on it. Like, I think that you'll take a value in this. And the more projects that we, you know, I mean, because we don't hate each other at the end of this. Like, right. we'll probably keep working together right. a little bit. So, like, in future, you'll be able to go through and see. I mean, it's like you can go back and look at the guys like Seth uh, Rogen and those guys. And you can look at, like, how they've matured as filmmakers and how they've matured as comedians. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you can watch it grow of the different things that they do, and it's kind of the same concept. That's a good point. Yeah. Of like you get like this track record of this is where I was in 2019, and then you know in 2029, you'll see an entirely different, or or you'll see jokes that are coming back, or you'll see things like that. That's a good you know? point. Yeah, I do like that. Yeah, good question, Ngozi. Um. Let's see. All right. These two are kind of the same. Rock Allen and Angelo Cianfraco. Uh, roundabout. What was your roundabout out of pocket? How much did the camera crew and editing cost? How did you get an audience? So I talked about how to get an audience um, a few questions ago, how I got people to come out. But um, in terms of the budgeting, um, I mean, I was in the thousands. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Um Honestly, don't want to say anything specific just because I don't want to put a number in their head that then they reach out to you and they're expecting one thing. You right. know what I mean? It's, well, and like I said, it varies when it comes to the budget. It vary. You can spend as little or as much as you want. Like you can spend the like I said earlier. Uh, you know, there's that base of to get you a union uh camera guy that's like you know whatever that's 750 bucks out the gate just to get him in there to come turn the camera on Mm -hmm. so like you start there and then you know if you want to spend all the time filming on going you know following you and then like the special itself and then like the cameras you that's the exact same thing of like you can spend as much or as little as you want mm-hmm. you know like i said you can either shoot it on an iphone or you can go spend ten thousand dollars a camera and have you know the what is it the uh, re uh like 
professional camera that's like you know the size of this front seat oh geez and like got all these different connectors and stuff that's like a thirty thousand dollar camera or you know i mean they've got them out there they're like seventy thousand dollar cameras like it it doesn't have to be limited by price Mm -hmm. it's mostly just like what are you trying to capture what do you have that you're willing to put into it and then what are you looking to get back yeah and i think it's important to think about like just set the intention in motion and a lot of the pieces will start falling together. So I started last year with a goal of like, I want to record a comedy album this year. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do in the album, but it's like, Hey, I want to do this. And then over time, pieces just just started to fall in. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, Oh, I meet you. And then I, Oh, the venue. It's like, just, just start. And a lot of, and then start asking questions, you know, start on whatever it is you're trying to accomplish and then start Googling or reaching out yeah, to people. I think you said earlier, like questions. Googling and yeah. to, like, just be curious. Yeah. And just like, you know, be, be willing to push it and be willing to take like risk and chances. And like I said, just do it. Yeah. And I understood that this was going to be something you get what you pay for. And like, yeah, I wanted to invest to the amount that it would, people would watch it and be like, oh, he didn't just, like, throw this together. This is, like, right. a comedy Cause special. Because that's what I keep saying is that, like, I keep saying is, like, you can shoot it on, on your iPhone, but I guarantee you it will look like you shot it on your iPhone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're, like the, the you know, especially in cameras, like, for a little bit of, like, a sidetrack on that, on the camera aspect is... The cheaper the camera, the harder it is that it deals with low light situations. Mm-hmm. That's why we went with the Sony A7 III's is because they dealt well in low light situations and they were supposed to have a hack around to where you didn't have the time limiter. Um, if anybody wants to hit me up and let me know how to hack around that on an A7 III, <laughs> I figured out how to do it on an A7 II, but apparently the patches weren't out yet for the A7 III's. And so that was one thing that I was misled on and I learned a lesson to where we had to actually time it to where all everyone at 23 minutes was going to have to restart their camera because it was going to cut off on a personal on, on a timer because that's dslrs mm. and so what we had to do was know that okay steven's going to switch his camera off at the 15 minute mark kim's going to s- switch her camera off at the 18 minute mark and i'm going to switch my camera on and off at the 20 minute mark so that the, there was never a point where all three cameras were off. Yeah. Had that in plan, guess what? There was a moment where two out of the three cameras were <laughs> oh off because I was gosh. having the problem with my camera. Right. But I was able to like oh finagle gosh. around it. But plan, 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 plan. Yep. The more planned it is, the mm-hmm. more the more that you can fall back on that. <sighs> wow. Yeah, I don't know if I knew that, that there were yeah. two cameras out. Yeah. Yeah, all the unexpected, but the planning, the preparation helps you to, if we weren't as prepared... Those little speed bumps may become like right. potholes. What know? is it so. in the sports world? Good luck is where preparation and hard work meet. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just. We met. Quotes. Yeah. Quotes, quotes, quotes. So that's, um, yeah, so that's, there's a, there's an answer for you. But reach out to Isaac directly with your idea and then see what. Oh, I'm see open what, to um, anything, really. Yeah, see what the number, that's why, that's why we did this. I'm not really saying no to anything. I mean, the internet's a weird place. I don't know about yeah, your Yeah, I was followers. wondering. I don't, you're on Reddit. I don't know what kind of wormholes you're going down there. Oh, I mean, I'm completely willing to explore anything, but I say yes. I'm learning to say no this year also. Like, 
the whole taking things to 11. Mm-hmm. That's been been one of my things about how I have to learn how to focus a little bit of my Yeah, be a little more selective. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. Um Keith D. He's um he's actually from Charleston. I met him. He's a big fan of the podcast and he actually uh he runs some good shows in Charleston as well. Funny guy too. Uh, how did you change your set knowing that it was being video and recorded? Did you do less crowd work? Were you thinking about it the whole time? Um, I didn't really adjust. I didn't adjust for the cameras or anything. I think there were moments actually where I was sure to look in a certain direction or act out in a certain direction. Because you knew you were being Knowing filmed. there was a camera that I could lead into yes, with that. Yes, yes, So yes. I did do little things like that. I was a little more mindful of that. Does that ever happen with a person in the crowd? Do you ever, like, identify a person in the crowd and you're kind of, or do you address them all as one? Yeah, I just, I really address them all as one. Like, I'm sure to, like, look around the audience, though. So I'm not just, like, looking in the middle or looking above the audience at the back wall or just looking to one side. I'm sure to, like, scan and things like that so it appears. I get picked out by comedians a lot. I would imagine with that beard. Yeah, Yeah, I would imagine you get... You definitely get picked out like you're going to bomb the place. Yeah, that's usually the... the, That's the the joke. Usually I'm doing crowd work on a podcast now. (laughs) Like a guy, when I was at the uh, comedy store in L.A., a guy called me out and was like, look at this UFC-looking dude. And I didn't even have on like a a, fight shirt or anything. Oh, wow. And he was just like... And I was out there for Worlds. Yeah. And and I was like, I'm actually here for a jiu-jitsu tournament. He was like, I picked the one (laughs) guy in here that could actually whoop me. (laughs) Yeah, that's that. Sometimes crowd work in a special translates, like Jeff Garland's new special. Yeah, I was pulls it ask off. About that, the... Yeah, he pulls it off. But for me, I knew I just wanted to. My next one, who knows? But this one, it was like I've been working ten years on this material. I want this to be a showcase of the mm, material. Mm. Now there is a moment when I call out my um, my dog for being yeah, in the audience. Yeah. So I, I do a little bit of that near the end, but overall it was me doing my material. Yeah. And some of it was choreographed for different cameras, but overall I was really just doing my set as if I as would. As if you were just doing it in a in a back room. Exactly. Somewhere. Yeah. And uh, were you thinking about it the whole time? Um, like were the cameras on your mind? Not really. Yeah. By, by that moment, it was kind of like, okay, I can't worry about anything but just putting on a good show. Do you think it helped that I had been following you around for that, like, the weeks leading up to it, where you were kind of used to me being around? Yeah, that probably did help. Yeah, I was probably, and I was probably more comfortable just, yeah, with cameras being around because you had seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Right. So I now know you're seeing the showcase. Right. So it's kind of like you've seen it from every iteration. So, yeah, you probably following me around did help. But by the time I was on stage... I was just more like, oh, well, this is it. Yeah. Now you got to perform. You can't worry about anything else but making these jokes work. You don't want to bomb on your comedy special, especially when you're doing it in one take. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. That's the the one take was impressive because, like, it without the with the one hitch, which without that hitch, we would have messed up and, and had the lighting situation. And problem, it, oh, it was a which would have been awful. Right. But without that one hitch, honestly, one take. Bam! Thank you, ma'am. It was it was good, but I think, like I said, that links back to you were prepared. Prepared, yeah, super prepared for this. Good question, though. All right, and the final one here. Uh, this is from the Charlotte 
comedy scene Facebook group. Lot of lot of hot brethren and sistering in Charlotte. 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 We are strong in Charlotte. That's There's a, that's a nice town. I like Charlotte. Yeah, they Charlotte really um really engages with the podcast. We got a couple strong scenes out there that really I mean even I mean, you know, I was just talking to a guy in India. I mean like people comics in India listen to this in Ireland. Nice. Nice. I mean it's literally every continent but Antarctica. Ireland. You made it all the way. We made did. It made it to the motherland. <laughs> so this this is the final one. Chris Diorio. How much experience did you have going into this with the quote production side, lighting, sound, video? Very interested in anything you can share about what goes into producing a comedy special outside of just having your material ready. Thank you for doing this. Oh, Chris. Yeah, so I didn't have any real I mean, me on the production side, I had, I mean, I had been on like movie sets and done sketches and things like that, but I had never really had to worry about, okay, what cameras are we going to use? Yeah. Okay, what lens? Do we need any extra lighting? What's yeah. the set dressing going to be? I had yeah. never had to worry about any of that before. So this was all really new to me in that beyond like me doing sketches or movies or setting up my camera for a podcast. Right. So yeah. that's why it was good. I mean, you kind of, I was sure to, you know, hire people that do have experience with the things I don't to make sure it's all done at a professional level. How did you know that I had experience? Well, you said you had a production company. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. I mean, it all felt really just organic. Okay. I mean, and yeah, in you, I had seen some of your work. I mean, yeah, you have a portfolio. Yeah, so, yeah I, mean, I, mean, that, I have, I have, I have a small portfolio. Like, yeah. But it's it was something I could reference yeah. to at least see like your tone, your right, style, right, the right. potential, the amount of work you have put in. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I knew you had done a bunch of vlogs on your own. One hundred seventy. So yeah. I knew you had experience in that world as yeah, well. Yeah. So you you at least know how to capture a story and things like you. that. Yeah, and how to construct a story and get all that. That's, yeah. That makes sense. I hadn't asked you that. I was wondering. Yeah, it all, I mean, it all... I appreciated you trusting me because this is my first go-around. Exactly. Like, and this for, was my first go-around. For me to answer his question from my state, my point was like I was... I've had a lot of experience in the corporate aspect of like I've made videos for corporate. I've done like, you know, filming people doing speeches, you know, and then I've done a lot of self-taught uh, there, there's a lot of things that I had to learn, you know, like I said, Googling, right. like learning the, the via the internet and just watching other guys, watching guys like, you know, Schultz and I guess now us, you know, watching this stuff, how it got done and then going in and going, okay, what camera did they use? What did they do that? Um, the biggest thing, like I said, was audio mm -hmm. and, uh, the camera's capability in low light. That those are my two things that I took away that I learned the biggest lessons on of how to prepare for that and have that. Those Sony's did amazing in low light. Like I said, that was some sexy footage on the inside of that 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 Sony A7 III. Mm. So like I was I was pretty happy with the choices that we made in the cameras, but like I've got the lessons now in the future to make a few different choices in that aspect. Yeah. So, so to answer his question on the the those things is it's really what you want to spend. Yeah, to get for all that to be done. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, and I thought I just we shared yeah, similar philosophy and enthusiasm for what we were trying to accomplish, so it all just seemed like an organic and natural fit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, and I mean, I did make sure you weren't just a guy with an iPhone as well. But um, it all it all just kind of happened so just just seamlessly. You yeah, know, there wasn't yeah. really a hitch in any of it. None of it was forced. So I was like, "There's something magical happening here." Uh, is there anything else he said? You um, anything you can share about what goes into producing the comedy special um, outside of having material ready? Is there anything else we we said like make sure the the audio is on point? Want to make sure like you run a check on think, the audio, run yet, a record and a check, and like see what it sounds like on a playback before. So like that yeah, dry run, yeah. Record the dry run right the same way you do with your cameras because that's when I figured out that there was a problem with the first camera, and that's how I fixed that was because mm -hmm. I caught it during the dry run. So a dry run sound check is important. Yeah, like do, do one. Do yeah, do a rehearsal. Yeah. Everyone do a rehearsal. Yeah. So you do a rehearsal as a performer, all the production people the do a rehearsal. Guys, the sound guys, yep. the and and it really helps too for the camera and the sound guys to at least be on the same page if not be the same people. Yeah. To mm -hmm. to where they you can have it all matched up and do all the like leg work that makes sure that that because bad audio will ruin any production yeah and we yeah we dodged a bullet yeah. i was worried about the audio but no one else said has said anything that has seen it yeah so i think I, it I, sounds great i think the I, audio is fine yeah, yeah but yeah. it's like it could have it was just i because i we i hired a different audio guy um who uh, who was super versed in the audio world, but there was just something within the board, or something went wrong that I could hear, to but then no one has yeah. no yeah. one else yeah. has noticed. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, we're gonna be our worst critics. So I, I'm super happy with how everything turned out. We had a mic. My mic was recorded directly through the board, and then we had an audience mic hanging in the middle of the room. So there were two mics picking up audience audio and then my audio and they were mixed together so that's how the audio well, and was there done there was a third one that we pulled off of because i had just so happened to plug my camera from the camera to a shotgun mic mm. to get some of the audience reaction because that's what a lot of the problem we were having was from the one that was picking up the audience as well oh, it was what okay. the audio guy that i had look at it oh had said okay. it was like that was the one that was doing something but uh, it was anyways it all worked out it all worked it out sounds and looks amazing it looks it looks it so I, I call the footage in the camera sexy <laughs> but what we color graded and turned out is mm. i'm super yeah i'm super happy with how all of it went down seriously this is um 10 years of work for ten dollars so go like get it, it. i'm go excited it. about Where it can man. they find it again you can find it at joelbyerscomedy.com and when you get it, leave a review as well. Those reviews definitely help other people to find it. Reviews, share comments, it, shares, share it with other comics. Let them know that there's a comedian out here who invested in himself, hoping to inspire other comics to do the same, and really just showing what is possible in the 21st century, in the decade of 2020. What and is a possible. lot of their questions can be answered if they go watch the YouTube series as well. That's a good point, actually. Yep. A lot of those questions, if you just mm -hmm. kind of watch it play out, the story kind of tells itself on, if you want to know how to do this, I mean, you like you said, there, there's a blueprint here. Yeah. There's, and I think that that's really kind of a cool thing. And that was really our goal with it, is to create mm -hmm. a blueprint for comics to exactly. then do the work themselves. Exactly. We did it. We made it. Hashtag we made it. For the culture. And I think just one more thing he was talking about that goes into producing a special beyond the material is 
Um, just thinking about what venue you want to do it in. Mm, um, yeah, we didn't touch on that. That that was a great venue. But the, my venue, yeah, it was the basement theater, which first place to headline me. So I thought it had sentimental value, but it was also just a great setting. I liked it. You know, fifty to sixty people. It's in, played intimate. well into the yeah the intimacy that was already in right. the special and mm-hmm. what we had built too. And um, how do you want the special to look? So they had like. They had a certain backdrop they do at the theater, but we just hung up a black sheet and had lights outline the backdrop. So it's like, how do you want the special to look is another thing you want to consider. Um, You know, how do you want to do the audio and video? How you want to get people in the seats? Um, Is there anything else I'm overlooking? Because that's a good question. I just don't. The seating we did have to reconfigure in the last minute to get the cameras. We did not accommodate for our cameras and our camera people. We do. We do need to, to, like in future reference, I need to remember that when we're setting up the schematics of how everyone's going right. to sit is also the camera plays a big big role in that. Yeah. Because you don't want to ruin the show for the people there because ultimately, too, it's like for the people that are coming. Like yep. you want them to experience exactly what you're trying to convey on the special at the special. Oh, and this is something as well when it comes to ticketing. I actually did tiered ticketing. So I had three levels of ticketing Oh, nice. I that was like that. open mic feature headliner, I think. Or like I did like VIP, oh, okay. and each level got um, certain gifts or certain care packages. So I was okay. able to sell tickets at different price points, providing them with different incentives. So that's another good way to make a little extra money on the door end is to have different levels of tickets for people to buy. Because if these people are coming to support your special, they're more than likely going to be willing to pay more than just the base price. So... Especially if you're getting to go see, like, your, as you're developing this, like we said, the community. Yeah. Like, having, like, if I get to go see my favorite comic, like, and I get, like, a signed book of his. Yeah, like for sure. T-shirt or mm-hmm. something like that, then it was a pretty cool idea. Yeah, and that's, I think one had, like, a T-shirt in it. One had, like, hot breath water, and I don't remember what all was in them. But I made sure they were worth it as well. I hot didn't, breath water, like, flavored? I didn't anyway. skimp them. No. We don't have any hot breath water in here. Oh no, oh, we man, don't. We don't. I brought, I brought some. Yeah. I have I an unopened bottle that I'm not going to open for like 20 years and then try to sell on eBay. Oh, because I brought famous. it to your yeah. your podcast. Boom. Boom, hot breath, Fontas water. But um, do you say you're going to sell it on eBay? Yeah, in like 20 years, <laughs> if eBay's still around. <laughs> so this has been real, man, bro. I've loved it. We really just, we really just did two podcasts. Maybe we should break it up into one that's us talking and then one that's the Q and A. Either way, or you have just a two-hour like two hour. jamming podcast that people are just like, the, yeah. the the real ones are still with us right now. Okay, the okay. real ones are still with us. Okay, these, real these ones. These are the ones you want. Okay, real ones. Okay, real ones. <laughs> these are the OGs, yeah. <laughs> hot brethren and sisterin. So let them know um, where they can connect with you, where they yeah. can work with you, how they can do all that. All right. Well. Um, the Daily Stack, the underscore daily underscore stack on Instagram is me. Uh, I've got a podcast off that platform. Uh, I've also got Blind Lincoln Productions. Um, you can reach out to me through Instagram, through Facebook, uh, Blind Lincoln Productions on Facebook, or Turnkey Connections Group, uh, turnkeyconnectionsgroup.com. I don't think it's recording. but uh, uh, It wasn't recording. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... You can reach out to me on any of those, and uh, I'll respond pretty quickly. Stackhouse MMA on Facebook as well, and uh, look me up. And I'm always looking for projects or crazy things. So, 
Yeah. I'm yeah. always open to anything. He, he's a comedian fan that likes working with comics. So if you're looking to do a project, reach out to him. Even just Definitely. questions if you if you just need more insight into the production or how to get started. Video man. editing, anything like that. Yeah. Like I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything. Add me to your groups and we'll chat. And I think the big takeaway is to, whatever your idea is, just start. Just do it. Just set it in motion. You right. don't need all the answers. Just have the idea and start. And I promise you. Put it out there for the universe. The pieces. I, this project has, climbing this mountain, dude, from the idea to filming it to all the post-production to finally getting it out there. It's like, it really does show me. It's like a lot. You just have to start. And then piece by piece, you will climb that mountain step by step so hot breath of verse i appreciate you supporting and listening to this share it we're doing this for the culture man we're doing this for for comics by comics so share this with other comedians if you're out in an open mic and you guys are talking about comedy or podcasts or writing tips be like hey have you heard hot breath or someone's like i should record an album it's like do you hear joel byers actually filmed a special and this is how he did it like We're here to make comedy better. So the better we're all at comedy, the better comedy's going to be for it. So reach out to me with any questions as well. Go pick up the special at joelbyerscomedy.com. It's also linked in the show notes. And we'll see you next Monday. Peace. Thank you to my wife for making the theme song. I thank her at the end of all these. Mm -hmm. And um, go to the YouTube. Check out that vlogumentary. See the whole joke evolution, joke creative process. And we'll see you next Monday, Hot Breath Averse. We fogged up these windows with some hot breath. <sighs> all right, Hot Breath Averse. Thank you so much, sincerely, for all of your awesome questions. Feel free to reach out to me on social media or in that Hot Breath Facebook group. Or even go check out our YouTube. The Hot Breath YouTube is blowing up right now. We have over 2,000 subscribers. A Felipe Esparza clip just got over 100,000 views. Things are building over there, so definitely go check out the video version of these podcasts and share this with other comics. Like you heard, this show is for comics by comics. It really is the show I wish existed when I started comedy, so I'm trying to help as many comics as possible while also learning myself. So anything I can do to help, don't hesitate to reach out to me or Isaac and go check out that special. You know, support a comic supporting comics and... You know what we'll be doing. Next Monday, we'll be right back here. So get out there. Grind this week, kids. Tell other comics out at your open mics about this show. And I'll see you next Monday. I end all these, of course, by thanking my wife, Erin Byers. And now, until next Monday, right here on Hot Hot Breath. This episode of Hot Breath is sponsored by our Patreon. If any of our content has helped your comedy career, join our Patreon linked in the show notes and get positive comedy karma for life. Probably.